MCH Photography Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast. It's already 10th edition, it's 5th in English because I do two interviews a week. One is in Czech, so I'm from the Czech Republic. The other one is in English. And if you if you ever want to listen to us live, these all interviews are actually recorded live and then I just save it as a podcast. So it's been done on Instagram, for Instagram live on my account, mchphotocz, and the English one is usually on Thursday. Uh, I try to do it always on Thursday. I guess it, it was every every single one was on Thursday, yeah. But just don't want to promise anything if I can't make it on Thursday. But it's either like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It just depends on my schedule. Uh, as luckily there's some shootings coming right now. Uh, it's obviously not not as good as it used to be. As I need to travel for for my work, and uh, I'm not really used to shooting Czech Republic, but. Uh, at least slowly there is something coming, so it might change a bit. By but normally try to do it on Thursdays, but uh, actually it's going to be always at seven p.m. Uh, so as I said, if you want to join live, if you want to ask some questions, join us on Instagram. And actually, as I mentioned it, I, I just need to say sorry a bit about the audio quality as as it is done through Instagram Live, and it's not the best, but I just. I just want to get in touch with people and 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 see the fans asking asking questions and it seems to me to be like the easiest way for the guests to get to get connected as well. But sometimes it just does not work properly, especially in this one today. There's a lot of technical issues, but I will try to cut it so that uh, it does not bother you. But uh, hopefully, it's going to be all right. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Lawrence Holder, a sports photographer who's based in Germany. And when it comes to creativity in sports photography, I mean that's just when his name just pops up, and I guess just it, it just can't get any better. And if you if you look to to the results of the Red Bull Illum since two thousand thirteen, you would find his name being mentioned as a as a winner like nine times. Uh, it was just like three wins in two thousand thirteen, four in two thousand sixteen, and two in two thousand nineteen. So. I mean, it just speaks for itself, and you probably all know his uh, his project, the Riding Throne, uh, where he followed locations from Game of Thrones, shooting and bike there, and the result was just was just amazing. So we're gonna be talking about this project as well, about anything else from his beginnings in photography. He was studying uh, to be teacher, and then he just quit and start started to shoot. Uh, about his inspiration, about the process of creativity, and also about the business side of uh, of the photography projects. So how he approaches the clients with his ideas and like all the other stuff. So hope you will enjoy it, and let's go and listen to it. Cool. So if you can yeah. uh, introduce yourself a bit, just about what what you usually shoot, what you do, where you're from, or whatever, just a few sentences, and then we we, we take it from there and continue. Yeah, for sure. Um, my name is Lawrence, Lawrence Holder. I'm from Munich, Germany, and um, I'm an action sports photographer. Um, what else? I have two children. They're eight years old, twin mm-hmm. boys. <laughs> um, what else? That's... Yeah, photographer, daddy, stuck oh. back home right now. Say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we we're just gonna talk a bit about how you get into photography. I mean, it's 
uh, I guess like everyone, uh, everybody, everybody asks about it, but uh, and it's always like the first <laughs> question. But it, it's usually like nice introduction, and you can you can take some info from there and say like have an idea because your story is probably like the most common one like among like sport <laughs> photographers that I talk to. So it's it's usually so that uh, people do some sport and then. They, they start to take photos for fun of their friends or whatever and then get injured and exactly so, so they can't really perform the sport so they're forced to forced to take photos exactly and, and that's your story right so yeah true that's that's pretty much my story as well and uh, i heard it so many times from different photographer as well who had like almost the same story yeah. um when i was young when i grew up i was um i, I grew up in munich which is close to the mountains, so I always um, spend a lot of time in the mountains, snowboarding and just being out there. And um, because of like the snowboarding that I was doing by my, um, for myself, um, it was a really big or important part of my life. And um, at one point I uh, hurt my shoulder mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I had to like, could, I could not really ride like the way I, I love to. So, um, but I still wanted to be with my friends and out in the mountains and in the nature. So I just, mm -hmm. um, I just uh, took the camera with me and, and shot my friends. And that's pretty much how I started taking action shots. And but did, did, you, did you take any photos like before? Were you into photography somehow or? Yeah, it, I, was, I was shooting like, um, at my 18th birthday, I got my first camera, like a like a proper or like a DSLR. No, it was mm -hmm. a SLR. It was on 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 film, mm -hmm. and I shot pretty much everything, like flowers, more like still life, because you like I had no idea what to shoot, so I just shot the stuff that was around me, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, so I I knew how to to. Um, how a camera works and um but i had no experience in in action sport but uh what i just tried to do from the very beginning was that i always shot um the action shots how i would have loved to be shot if no. a random uh, photographer was there and what was really helpful at the beginning was that there were um uh that i knew that if you're shooting a rail, for example, like a street rail, uh, you should never go too close. You have to show the whole rail and, and mm -hmm. stuff like this. So that was more, I didn't have to think about that because that, that was the thing, uh, like I would have, um, no, if I was the rider, I would have, uh, loved to, to be shot that way. Yeah. I guess it's like, it's quite important, like whatever sports you shoot, like, uh, to know the sport and if you have the experience exactly. and if you yeah. come in by yourself then for sure it helps so you could like focus more more on photography like itself than thinking about what what, what to do and not to do about, about the sport uh, so you did not study photography but you but you studied something else right you were about to be a teacher that's the, yeah but Oh, uh, yeah. So, but how did he, yeah, so, so how did he, I guess it was not, not an easy, like, 
nowadays, but back in the days when you started, like to just go Google something or watch it on YouTube, whatever you want you, you want to know about photography right now, or about anything basically. Yeah. So what was the process like of learning photography for you back in the days? So was it just all about you were trying out things and it did not work? It worked sometimes. So was it just by all by yourself? I pretty much learned photography all by myself. And I um, like the basics are really, I think like in my understanding, it's pretty easy to, to figure out how the ISO shutter speed aperture thing works. Um, and then of course I had some books where you learn like the rule of third and all that, like how you can make better images. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, um, I stick to that, like that book, like that one book that I had and um, I really recognize that once you understand how a camera works and what kind of um, yeah what like that symmetric images look good and like in that way and at one point um, of course there are some is some stuff where you get like ah oh, maybe I should try a flash or something and then you have no idea how to use a flash and um, that's where like I grew up at the like internet was there, but uh, it was like uh, not really like there were no really good posts about how to use a flash like no. that, like we have now. And um, we had in, in Germany, we had like a, a forum on the internet and um, like it was, there were all kind of action sport photographers in there. And it was, mm -hmm. uh, it was called SKU. It was snow, concrete, earth and water. <laughs> And that was like a, yeah, like a library for action mm -hmm. sport photographies and everybody shared like their pictures and um, how they did it and what kind of material or equipment they used. And that was like a really big help. And after I got um, a little bit better, I, um, yeah, I think if you have technical problems with your equipment or if you want to know how the flash works, for example, you just have to type in the right questions on the internet and the the answer will will pop up that's yeah. pretty much uh yeah. like if you ask the right so, questions then the answer you'll find the answer yeah so you you were already earning some money from photography when when you were studying when you were at the new university like to to become a teacher but did you know already uh like when you finish finish the university do you know already that you at, at that time that you were you would be able to make a living out of photography or was it was it like just kind of risk or was it tough it was, decision or it was no? it was more a process i was a, like a really slow student I, I think it took almost eight years in university <laughs> um but um because of that like i was shooting as a snowboard photographer pretty much the whole time during my university and so i just picked mm -hmm. a few courses each year so i could still be out there and shoot and work and um, pay my monthly rents with the jobs i had in photography and that got to a point where i yeah made some proper money with with the jobs that i already had during study and uh and at the end i was um I pretty much finished the university, but um, when you have your final exams, uh, when you want to become mm -hmm. a teacher, you have to go to school and educate 
the the, the pupils yeah, practice yeah. exactly for one year and uh, that was the point where i thought okay um i finished it but i could probably not shoot anything if i do that year and um so i quit pretty much the like the the university is done when you have completed yeah. that year as well so i pretty much quit with uh the university and um just gave it a try and to see if i could make a living out of it and if i would have failed i could re-enter um after like uh i think within four years i could re-enter that university program so i had mm -hmm. like a little bit of a safety zone for four years no yeah okay uh, so it was pretty much pretty much the same for me i mean i was i was studying law but at the yeah. end i finished it i never i have i have the degree but because i started to take photos while i was at the university and the good thing was that you we didn't need to go to school like on everyday basis that yeah you you know you need to be there so I could travel one week, the other week I would just go to school, do some exams or whatever we needed to do. And so it was like natural process and and at the end I finished it, but I never and, and I was never never a lawyer and I would need to do like three years of practice as well, like after the yeah. school. I can still I guess I can still do it, but I hope I, <laughs> I, I would not need to do it anytime anytime soon. Uh but yeah, so that that's like actually like a next question do you think or have you ever regretted that 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 you did like probably you did not study photography or you study something else that you did not use or do you think because that's like from my point of view what i see like what i experienced that it it helped me in a way that i was not like forced from the beginning to to earn money with photography because i, I exactly. took it so like I, I did it for fun and it was yeah. and, and I traveled the world and it was just like really yeah. like earning money already, but more like a part time job because I was mm. still a student. And and at the beginning, I wanted to do law or I thought I was about to do law. So so what do you think about that? It's like, would it be better it, if you studied photography or it's just it was just natural way like this that you enjoyed it you, and you were, you were not forced to. Like when you I think you just like one really one rule that sticks out like probably to both of us is that you just should always follow your heart. Just do yeah. what, what your heart tells you to do. And um, like for me, it was due, because of the, the university that has nothing to do with photography. I, it was like just like a hobby or just making some money with a, with a hobby. That, and I always thought I'm going to be yeah. a teacher at the end. And so I had no pressure at all when I was taking pictures and I could be creative because I was not, um, you know, you, you can try out different stuff and do it different than everybody else because you're not going to be a photographer anyways, <laughs> you're going to be a teacher. <laughs> and um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, um, and also because you, you think you, um, uh, how do you say it? Um, when you're studying something else, you know, you go to the university and then uh, you have those two, three weeks where you just go, okay, now I have, I have two, three weeks off of university. I have to do something. So I get more concentrated because 
um, you, you know that you only have those two, three weeks. After that, you're going to be mm -hmm. back, back in university and have to, to learn and study and write some exams. Uh, so when university has a break in the summer, you're like, yeah, now, okay, let's do something cool. And it, I think it really motivates you as well. And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, I think it's really, of course you can, if you really think you, you, that photography is your passion and that you uh, will always do it, whatever comes, um, why not study photography? Because like, yeah. yeah. But okay. sometimes um, it's different than you expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did it, did it help to you in, in the photography business later on that you, because like when you study, you were supposed to teach economy, right? Yeah. So did you take anything from that to, to the business or did it help you in any way? Do you think it, it was pr worth it? it? Probably should have helped, but um, <laughs> 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 that's kind of the answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you, you kind of learn how to, to run uh, your own company and probably it helped a lot uh, without even uh, knowing it. Oh, listen, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so how long did it take to you from, from that point when you started to, to get to the point that you, you were like making enough to, to make a living out of photography? I think that, um, that was the point, I, I think it pretty much like maybe the last one and a half, two years of my university where I thought like, oh, this should be enough for, for um, like, a, like a living. And um, mm -hmm. if, I, if I don't study anymore, I can, I can shoot more and, and work more. And then, uh, yeah, this should be fine. So mm -hmm. I, I would say like, in, like at the last two years of my university, but I was studying like for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and have you ever thought about giving up on photography and, no, and go I, back to teaching or do anything else or I don't know no not really it's it's my dream it's my my passion and it's the way how I can um like I would never maybe I would stop being a commercial or like a like uh, making a living out of, of photography, but uh, I would mm -hmm. never stop photography because it's, I just love it and I love to take pictures and um, that's, I can show the people how I see the world and um, yeah, and I, I just love it. Okay, cool. So what, what, do you, what are you currently shooting with? What, what cameras do you have? Like you the, the, the go-to camera is the Canon uh, 5D Mark IV. That's mm -hmm. like if I go for like a normal job or do something for myself, I just take this camera. Um, but for me, like, the camera is not really as important as it is for a lot of people. It's just like a, a tool that allows you to take uh, images. And if you, if you, like I always compare it, if, you, if you're a carpenter and you build a house and you have like a, a small nail that you have to put in, into the wall. You're not going to take the biggest hammer you can find and boom, then you, that's like, you take the smallest hammer you can find and just uh, pump it in there like slightly. So, um, I'll, yeah, it, it, it really depends on, on the project, on um, what I see. If it's like a, for example, I shot like a, I had an image in my head that was a complete um, 
panoramic picture, mm -hmm. like I think it was four by one or something. Mm -hmm. And um, if I would have shot that with a Canon, you have to either stitch it together or crop it uh, at the bottom at the, at the top. And that would like, you lose so much resolution. So I just shot it with like an old large format camera with a um, panoramic back where you put in the medium format film and it gives you like a, I think it was 18, 18 by three, like it's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you go back, like that big of a slide. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three, uh, six by six uh, Hasselblad image or like medium format images next to each other. So it's, yeah. it really depends on, on, on the project and like ISO, shutter speed and aperture all work the same on whatever camera you use. Yeah, because I saw like in the, on the behind the scenes of the riding drone that shooting that you were shooting it with what, phase one? Yeah, that was with yeah. the phase one. Yeah. And that came um, because phase one put out a competition where you could, um, you could pitch projects that you think that would be cool. And if you win, you get uh, the, the money for production mm -hmm. and uh, also the camera and all the lenses and that come with that. And yeah, somehow they liked my riding drones project. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, they gave me some money to, to oh, okay. do the project and uh, also the camera, cool. which was like, it sounds so fun. It sounds so like, oh yeah, you're shooting with the phase one action sport. That's amazing. But if you ever have had a phase one in your hands and you're trying to shoot action, action sport, um, you recognize there is a, a delay on the shutter. So if you push the button, nothing happens for like the third of a second. Mm -hmm. And it, it, like when I tried it out the first time, it felt like I was shooting action sport with an old Nokia phone. You know, <laughs> you, you go to a skate park and you want to take a picture of your friend and you just shoot and you only got the landing because the camera is so yeah. slow. And that was exactly the same with the phase one. It's um, when you get the right moment and when you get the focus right, uh, you have pure gold. Like that's yeah. really amazing, like 100 megapixel and such a crazy uh, dynamic range. Um, but getting the moment is a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was more challenging that uh, I've hoped to. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So like even like some of your shots and even those you, you send me. Oh, there was, is a question. Is that? Was it? Was there a question on which, I think, software I'm editing my photos? Yeah. Um, should we answer that real quick? What, have you yeah, you can. You can sure. Yeah, <laughs> there you see. <laughs> um, I pretty much use Lightroom, like I would mm -hmm. say 95% of the time. Um, Photoshop, like maybe, like I just do the, the sharpening and that stuff and maybe like, yeah. I'm, I'm super bad in Photoshop, so I pretty much don't use it too much. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm missing at Lightroom is um, the color correction a little bit. It's like, it's okay, but if you want to really precise change colors, um, then I switch to Capture One. So I do all the, the major stuff in Lightroom and then I export the image to Capture One and do the, the small changes in the color. And then back to Lightroom and change. <laughs> it's like a little yeah. bit of a, a ping pong game.
Yeah, no, I normally use Lightroom, but but like actually like I don't know, in like two two weeks we were discussing it if to to start to use Capture One or not because but the problem is it gets like normally when I shoot at the events I don't really have time. Uh, like thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> for for like any editing. I, I mean I do edit, but it's just like really needs to be like when you go for the Dakar we, we I need to edit while driving the car like i don't know 250 photos a day and send them or whatever so there's like 40 seconds per picture and i guess i would not be able to to do it anyway so precisely like in the capture one so it's just i don't know I would, I, i'm definitely gonna gonna try it uh mm. a little bit more to see and and for 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 some photos that i have a little bit more time because like people say you can get a little bit more info and it's a little bit more sharper when you just process the raw through Capture One than, than Lightroom. I can't I can't speak from my own experience, but I think the major um, who is this, Lauren? It's me. <laughs> uh, one question was there: uh, if I'm looking for an intern, and right now uh, I'm in lockdown, so no, right now, and I have like uh, Robert, my assistant. So sorry, oh, Janos. Hi. <laughs> uh, I talked Best to Janus like three, three weeks ago or something. Yeah, I, I heard it. I, I listened to the podcast. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But just, just, just one um, yeah. thing about Lightroom and Capture One. Um, they look pretty similar when you have, like the sliders are, are pretty yeah. much the same. And But um, I think the behavior, if you just, um, if you do... For, for example, increase contrast for the same amount, like putting slider halfway, yeah. um, they react different. So even if you think you do everything the same in Capture One that you did in Lightroom, the picture still looks different. And that's why I, I did not like Capture One too much when it comes to like contrast, darkness, shadows, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I really like Lightroom because it's so natural and I was used to it. But um, I think on the color, on the, when yeah. you're working with the colors, then uh, Capture One is a little bit better. But that's just um, mm -hmm. my personal feeling. So now I was just talking about the drone shots. Yeah. Uh, so is it is it like so? How, how's your how's your process about the about the drone shots like? Do you, I don't know, do you, do you already have like an idea when you, when you stand on the ground and like thinking about what, what could look cool uh, on a drone or is there any process like or any formula that you would, that you normally use in that or do you, do you, I don't know, like use Google Earth or whatever to, to try to look from, from above or like there, is there any, do you have any tips how you can immediately realize that the place would look good from above? Like there are two two things that you can do when you're shooting with the drone. It's like um, you can, it's for example, if you just have the drone up in the air and you shoot the skateboarder, you kind of need the shadow to explain what's going on. You need the, the yeah. shadow that shows that it's a skateboarder. You need the, the board. And um, that's one thing that you can let the shadow describe what's happening because otherwise it's just like a like a point you yeah. know you see the shoulders yeah. the head and
pretty much that's it. So um, shoot in the sun, especially when the sun is a little lower. So and uh, of course the the surrounding. You can do it on the street, but um, that's yeah, it works, but it's pretty boring, I think. Like it's always cool if you can find something spectacular, like that looks crazy from above, but you probably don't see it when you're on eye level. Um, so, and there, I think um, Google Google Earth is always, or like Google Maps is like a pretty big yeah. help if you're in a location where you're like, oh, this is this is pretty nice. And most of the time, I check it out from above, like when I'm there or when I'm back home, or like I'm kind of like a Google Maps fan actually, mm -hmm. and maps in general. So I, I like I really like that that bird eye view from since I was a kid. Like I had like mm -hmm. a book back home, just Germany with in satellite pictures, like tuk, 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 tuk. and you can see those different patterns when you come to bigger cities that everything turns red because of the roofs, and then you have like the crazy beaches mm -hmm. up on the ocean, and um, yeah, that's why I always uh, look on places that I, where I think this could be like a potential cool spot, look from above. Mm -hmm. So, and when it comes to to lighting, is it what what, what do you what would you prefer, natural or or like artificial? And is there any is there anything like is there any formula that you would use when you get to the shooting? If you if you if you use that, you would say like. I would use flashes in here, or like what's, how, how do you decide normally about it? I think um, when I was younger, I was really like blown away by the effect that a flash can create and like, whoa, poof, looks totally different, surreal, and everybody was like, whoa, this looks sick. Um, but at the same time, you can also, um, you, if you use a flash, you can also do pretty, a lot of things wrong that the image will look like you light up stuff that um, maybe was not necessary to 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 light it up so uh, I think if you have like a really cool surrounding um, I prefer the available light but cool. if you have like um, maybe a surrounding that is not so nice you know like mm -hmm. a skateboarding at or a snowboarding at the parking lot rail you know that's could be cool from maybe from architectural point of view but sometimes you just end up at, at crappy places and um, then I would say I would use flashes to highlight the stuff that I like and leave the ugly stuff in the darkness so you can really mm -hmm. modify your what you want to show and what you don't want to show and um, so the uglier the spot, the more flashes I use, probably. <laughs> cool. So where where do you take your your inspiration from? Like most of your photos, even like if you look at it, uh, the extreme sports like photos, but uh, but it's more it's more like landscape or architectural stuff, like architectural photography with with a little touch of of, of the sport at the end. Say. So, do you do like a lot of like architectural stuff or landscape or, or yeah I'm, how, how is the process I would say i'm I really love the the taking landscape pictures also that's why I have like a large format camera um, 
architecture is really like I just like to walk through the city and uh, capture the, the architecture in the city by itself. But at one point, um, when I get to a really cool spot, I think it's like, oh, that's that's a pretty cool image, but um, it's a little bit boring. Maybe we should add like an athlete in there. Mm-hmm. And that sounds um, sometimes a little bit rude because of the athlete that he's more like a, a sidekick to the to the main image and uh, we had i had some discussions with athletes before where they said like oh why are you why are we so small in the picture yeah. like you don't uh, you almost can't see us and that's right but i think the the crucial point is that you can always see the trick that he's doing like mm-hmm. it's never too far away that you have to guess what kind of trick it is so you always have to pay tribute to the the action that the athlete performs. You should not get um, your photography game over the action. I think that's like a mm-hmm. what I, what what's really important for me is that I I still want to show what kind of trick he's doing and how gnarly it is and uh, not put mm-hmm. um, the action too far behind. It's like my images would not. Like they would be okay landscape pictures, but it would. Um, it, I think it's a how do you call that? Like, um, like there's always the connection of the sport and the surrounding, and I want to show at what beautiful places action sport can can take place. So I want to show it, mm-hmm. and that's why sometimes I'm a little bit more out and back to show the beauty of it and but still show the trick like that it doesn't like if you have to guess the trick then it's too far away (laughs) and what is the what is your usually process of like planning planning any shoots can you can you force yourself to put something together or i don't know do you do you go by yourself uh, to 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 that uh, mountain cabin, or go to the nature, or do completely different <laughs> things, or just that, can you can you sit be... down and and like I need to I need to do something, or or does it come to you somehow? Wait, what? There was one question. I like the wider shots while on location. It was... Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, I think just give me a small. Tip on on the last question. Uh, yeah, it's about the, the the process of planning the shoot. Like if oh, you yeah. can, yeah, yeah. If you are able to like force yourself, if, if someone would tell I, you like we need to shoot something and like, but what was the usual process if you if you go out somewhere like be alone nature or whatever you do? Like that would be my dream, just to sit on on the desk, have a white piece of paper in front of me, and just uh, come up with ideas. Uh, but that never worked, uh, and no. you just can't force it. You, um, yeah, the, the creativity comes from comes in those moments where you at least expect it. Maybe in a car when you're driving on the road and you see something like passing, just like woof, and um, and he was like, that looked pretty cool. And then you go when on the way back, you check it out, and I think um, sometimes you find it like on the web where you go just through Instagram and you're like, oh, this, that's a pretty sick spot. Maybe we could do some, some action sport there as well. But um, 
yeah, it's just maybe it's sometimes um, I, I come up with ideas when I'm lying in bed at night and think about different stuff and then like, woof. Oh. It's just um, there's no real like go-to way. <laughs> I, I never sit down and, and think about like, oh, now I have to come up with an idea because yeah. it's like the more you think about it, the, the less yeah, outcome it is. And so what, what else, apart from action sports, do you shoot? Product. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because um, like when, um, like 10 years ago, I was just traveling the world with, uh, with the camera to shoot snowboarding. Mm -hmm. and, but uh, like I have now two boys that are eight years old. Mm -hmm. And when they were born, I thought like I cannot travel the world anymore and just be in like a like on the road. And um, I want to see how my kids grow up and how they start to walk and start to to talk. And um, so um, I asked Nitro Nitro Snowboards, which I work for, um, if I could not just maybe do a little bit more of their product shoots that I can shoot back home mm -hmm. and do a little less traveling. And they said, yeah, we, we anyways need like a pro product photographer. And um, that's why I started shooting uh, products. So I pretty much shoot uh, the, the Nitro catalog, like all of their bindings, mm -hmm. boots, board details, and that stuff. And yeah, that's just what you don't see on online or on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty boring. <laughs> but um, it, it gives me the, the chance to, to be with my kids. Sure. And I saw that you, you had some advertising stuff as well, or like some cars and some, some other stuff that when I, when I looked through your website mm -hmm. and like as a, as a person who like all the shots are like, there's a lot of creativity. So when it, when it comes to, to an advertising shoot, is it easy for you to, to maybe like give up a bit on your creativity and just to, to shoot something that someone else has planned? If, even though you probably don't like it or I, I actually like it when you, when somebody has like a, a good idea and if they, t it's more like a storytelling of what yeah. they have in mind. Like you go for, for example, I went to a surf trip to Japan uh, for mini, the, the car brand. And they said, we're going to do um, like a road story with a Japanese surfer using the mm -hmm. mini to go surfing. And, of course, they had some images in their head that they wanted to produce. Um, but I actually kind of like the challenge that when somebody has an idea and you just to, to uh, execute the idea and don't really put your, like, your own concept behind it. You, of course, it's, it's a little bit of my creativity of how I shoot it, but it's not my concept. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of uh, like it when you just uh, execute it from time to time. It's not so such a big pressure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And do do you ever do you ever shoot like any any events? I mean, I've seen like like a lot of lot of the videos and photos from the from the Red Bull Magic Moment stuff that you Christoph. covered. Did <laughs> <laughs> you cover That's what like Christoph Schreck is one from the guys that I told you from the back in the days from that internet forum. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh and so oh, cheers. So uh, but but do you do like 
that was a little bit different kind of like events photography because you, you, you were just like, you, you need to come up with, I don't know, one photo at the end, or you probably mm -hmm. took like three, four, five photos or whatever. But do you, do you ever cover like events either for Red Bull or, or someone else that you would uh, end up with, I don't know, 100 photos, 50 photos or something like that? <laughs> I, I did like, I think one basketball shooting for, uh, for Red Bull. Mm -hmm. And they they gave me like a huge list of what I had to shoot, and I I like oh, that's that's pretty like a yeah like a job. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I did it at the beginning because I, it was it was fun and it was um, it was good money, but uh -huh. um, I realized pretty quickly that it, this was not like events is so stressful hectic and you have to deliver so many shots and there's um yeah and so many people around um so i i kind of try to avoid the events and try to to come up with different ideas where maybe i have an idea and pitch it to brands or to to red bull for example mm -hmm. and have it more like a, a private session and going to events where somebody else had like a crazy idea of um, I don't know, soap box cars or how do you call it? So, that small cars where you drive down the road. No, and you've yeah, built yeah, on your own. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what what was the most difficult shoot for you that you've ever done? Um, I think the most difficult shot was um, I wanted to shoot like a snowboarder doing a water slide. You know where you're water and then the snowboarder just no, comes yeah. along with Sorry. a lot of speed and goes over it and i wanted to shoot it underneath the water like straight upwards when he's going over the water yeah and i think i had like two cameras died because of like okay. i was not really professional in how to make a camera waterproof and <laughs> And also like trigger, I, first I had like ropes and putting the camera down into like a glacier lake in Norway. And I tried to, to manually trigger the camera with pocket wizards or with cables and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And it never really worked. So um, I decided to go diving, <laughs> um, but I had no idea about diving at all. So, and, <laughs> So I was trying to, to hold my breath, like <gasps> going down. And once I was underneath the winch, like that you need to get the speed with the snowboard. It was not even ready or like when I came up, it almost hit my head. And like it, that was like pretty gnarly. So um, we, I decided to, to rent like scuba equipment, like with the, you know, where the, the mask and all yeah. that stuff. And, um, and then finally it worked. But there yeah, was a question if I if Ooh. I use hypersync no because it confuses me never really is because uh, maybe one thing about using flash when you're using flash without hypersync you only you can um, you can adjust the amount of light of of the flash with the ISO and the aperture right mm -hmm. but not with the shutter speed because the the flash is faster than the shutter speed. Yeah. So with the shutter speed, you can adjust the brightness of the available light. 
And if you use hypersync, you get like a mixture that no one really understands. So I um, got rid of hypersync because I wanted full control of the ambulant light and the flash power. That was probably a little bit difficult to understand, but. <laughs> uh, the last question that I wanted to, wanted to ask you was like, if you ever fail to, to deliver the, any shooting that you've done, or if you like deliver to, if, if you fail to, to do, to perform any shooting that you, you wanted to do, if just your idea was, was too much, or even like for the athlete or anyone that you, you could not, could not do the photo that you wanted to do? Um, probably that happened, but probably forgot about it when it was like a personal project. Um, it's always like a, like a struggle, but um, I think on the main images that I had in my head, like the, the projects that I did, um, pretty much always got like at least a shot that, where I was happy with. Um, like I had never a shooting where I failed when it was for a client. <laughs> Knock on wood. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but um, uh, like, I think it's um, if you see that that uh, things go a little bit wrong or like in a dip, in in a way where you think you you're not getting the shot, then um, you. I think you should always have like at least like a plan B in your pockets. Like if the main the main thing that you have in mind goes wrong, you still can can do something else. And yeah, pretty much. Like worst probably is when a rider gets hurt or something, and you don't really can shoot anymore. But yeah. Uh, so we've already talked a bit about the the post process. This as someone asked, but. So what is your what is your post process workflow? There you mentioned Lightroom, but uh, is there is there any certain point that you would not cross with the with the post processing? And 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 do you have actually like any workflow of like when you shoot the photo that you already know what you what the final thing is going to look like? And I also like when I was watching the the magic moment video, it seemed at one point when you were shooting that show us that Xalps portraits that yeah. and and even at some something else, I guess, that I saw that when you when you were going through the photos that it was it was black and white or like do you use that like often to preview the photos in black and white or whatever to see the shadows highlights a bit more? Yeah, exactly. I, I really like to have, um, of course, not when I'm shooting like a sunset, but on normal shoots, I pretty much have my display on black and white because it allows me to see more structures and shadows and, and highlights. So um, if I know that the image looks pretty good in in black and white, I know I have the ability to to adjust the raw um, mm -hmm. in a way that I like. And I think to, to, like for me, it's easier to see structures and shadows and dark, like the, I don't know, it's hard to say, but yeah, I think uh, structures, that's, what it allows me to see. When I see like a photo where you have a lot of structures in it, I switch mm -hmm. the camera to like a really hard contrasted black. And um, what was the other question was, uh, what line of post-processing I would not cross is, um, like as, as I said, I'm not really good in Photoshop. So 
um, I'm always having a hard time if I have to, to stamp or clone anything uh, because you will always see it later on. It looks like a, like a nasty dot in the picture when I clone <laughs> something. So, for example, um, when there's a backpack of a rider next to a snowboard jump, I just go there and remove it <laughs> with my hands because uh, it's, it's way faster than doing that in Photoshop later on. <laughs> like, at least for me. Okay. I would say, um, yeah, cloning and putting riders higher up in the air, that's just like a no-go, but that's what yeah, the rule was since I started. So I kind of grew up with that. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you look back uh, to, to your photos, like from, from the beginning of your career, you still happy with those, or would you do anything in a different way? Or can you see can you see that you like I don't know your style has changed or you've developed <laughs> somehow? Now the funny thing is when you look on your old images when you when you're looking for something to put up on Instagram and you go like back ten years, you know like oh that that's pretty colorful. It's like what happened to, what happened to that uh, saturation there? <laughs> so that's something uh, uh, yeah. Back in the days, I had way more colorful pictures than I have right now. But um, I think that's, it was the 90s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. But like, just, yeah, it, it's just uh, also the clothing of the athletes. They were like bright orange and red and blue and all at the same time. So that also was, um, comes when you look at the pictures that they're more colorful but um yeah I, i'm still happy with with the pictures that i took back in that in that time because it was just uh yeah that i gave my best at that time and then like yeah yeah <laughs> sure so when it comes to like a business side so what what is your business in photography consists of and so, so you mentioned like you, you do some of your like own projects, uh, those nitro stuff that you do, like even pro product photography. I saw that you, you sell some prints as well, that you shot some cars, you mentioned it as well. So is there anything else or? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Like uh, I do, like nitro is like that I work like and get paid every month. So it pays mm -hmm. my, my, my costs that I have, and like most of them. And, um, and then on what I, I think when you, when you sh because of Nitro, I shoot like a lot of products. And that makes you really like hungry to go out again and, and shoot some different stuff. And mm -hmm. um, then you, you're still sitting back home and think about what could you do and uh, create um, projects on the computer, like how, how could you put something together and uh, pitch those to companies or agencies and see if somebody is, is up for it. So that's that part of it. Mm -hmm. So do you, so do you only work as like as a freelancer or you, you work with some agency or how, no, how do you do it? Pretty much freelance. Yeah. No okay. agent. And what, what is the like business side of, of some of the some like your own your own project is it you have an idea and and uh, like about a sheet and you would like to do you, you get everything ready write it down draw it or whatever 
get some references, maybe scout it when it's possible, and then trying to approach the client who would like to do that? Yeah, that, if it's possible, yeah. That's, that's the, the, the dream scenario. Okay, so for example, like a right in front project, how, how did that work exactly in, uh, in terms of like business? You mentioned the, the phase one, Exactly. Uh, something? Like a, um, a competition from phase one, so I would not put that too much into into that because I was I just pretty much won uh, that shooting with the phase one and traveling and get paid for that project. Mm -hmm. But um, you could, yeah. If if it normally it it just goes that you put down like a PDF of what kind of images you see what benefit a company could have for um, when they work with you, like it's, mm -hmm. how could you show, like most of the time a company has a product, so they no. want to see that in those images or how it helps to make a story, like if it's, if it's a camera or like a hard drive or whatever, so you kind of um, need to put their their product into your um, PDF or into yeah. your product and how that product helps to create that content. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty much how I approach the, the companies. And okay, hopefully somebody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how did you, how do you start to, to work with, with Red Bull and uh, like became part of Red Bull photography? Was it, was that even before the Ilium win? Right. It was after the first, you know. After the, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was the, like how I got into into that. And um, because I was not like a event photographer or, or no. something. So um, I was like also with the kind of images that I took, I was not 100% fitting in there um, when they were looking for photographers. But um, or I don't know if, if they had me on the radar or not, or if they even know my work. But I think maybe for, because of the Illum, they, they saw what I was doing and how my, my style was. And that's how okay. I got into, into it. So, and, and apart from that, how have the, the winds in, in Illum affected your career? Did you, did you feel like it's like, was it, was it kind of like, breakthrough for you or I don't know, was there any other moment like that before? I, um, the most important part of, of that Illum thing was that um, I got the feedback that somebody really liked the way I was shooting because it was mm -hmm. it, it's a little bit different than like the normal action sports and sometimes you have like doubts if if this is the right way to shoot, if you're like not had, if you're not having uh, too many clients in the, in in the last weeks or something, so you start to think about maybe it's the wrong style or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh. <laughs> No, no sound. Okay. 
Yeah, it would be a nice live stream if it's not cutting off all the time. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Hope it's hope it, he's getting back and it's gonna work. Okay, he's back. So let's see if it's working. Here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hard time today, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, say. Yeah. So you were talking about that. It it at least showed you that the style that you were doing that like other people like it. So. Yeah, and that I was um, on a way where I could like make a living out of it with that style. Um, that I was doing and that I should not change anything for that. Yeah, so, and have you, have you experienced that you, you had like more more clients approaching you afterwards that they would, I don't know, follow it and, and saw you saw you there? And was it more people like approaching you, like knowing that you were the one when in the, the Illumina that they wanted to work with you? Was there anything like that or, or not really? Yeah, that, that, was, that was the case that after Illumina, it's like, because it's every three years yeah. and I've won it like uh, two, two times overall. So you kind of recognize that like after Loom, you get like more jobs and then <laughs> like one and a half years. Up against oh. <laughs> yeah, but um, this year there was no overall. So hopefully it's not going to get down, <laughs> but I would like, that's just, um, the loom is, uh, it, it's more fun actually than to, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to be part of that. And it's fun to meet all those photographers there, but it's, um, it's just a competition and, uh, I'm not, I would not like, shoot, like some people ask me, are you shooting? Boom. And uh, that's actually what someone asked as well. Yes. <laughs> But I think style that I do is really what I think is really liking and what they, because it's a mixture of bit art, little landscape. It's not just the action. It's a little bit like a little bit different. And I think that really is what uh, the judges at the loom like, but it's not that, um, that I'm really going out and say, I to that that's going to be like a sick Illum photo or something. I would have shot it also if there was no Illum. It's just mm -hmm. like the, my style and the, what Illum really likes. Um, like at least the judges, they change every year or like every three years. Um, mm -hmm. But um, like I had to fuck that the, the judges like the style that I was shooting. Okay. Uh, so when it comes to, to marketing, uh, what what do you do to build up your your brand and to be like recognizable more? And obviously, Ilium probably help you help you a lot. But uh, apart from that, what 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 do you try to do? Uh, yeah, I think Ilium is like a, a pretty good example. You get like a lot of um, interviews, requests, and and stuff like this. And um, yeah, so. Um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm not like a perfect marketing guy when it comes to myself, okay. but um, so I try to keep up my Instagram <laughs> and um, <laughs> like try to be present at uh, at at um, agencies or companies and call them from time to time and be on their like in their mind and yeah mm -hmm. stuff like this. But not I'm like I would say not the best guy to ask when it comes to marketing <laughs> even if I had like a long, long period in university with marketing <laughs> okay uh, so and what what does it mean to you like to be successful in photography is it is it about the win in the contest or I don't know about money or about the clients that have reached you or the people you could have worked with or just having fun or I think that's it. It doesn't have to. You can ask everybody what what is success to you. It. I think the biggest success you can have is when you have a job that makes you happy, and when it, like in the best case, it doesn't feel like that. It's like a job. It's more like a passion you're doing, and you get paid for it. And I think that's the. It doesn't matter if you're like a baker or somebody who makes something that he really likes and he get paid for it. I think that's what I would call success. And if you get mm -hmm. like an award for it, it's, it's nice to have, but it's at the end, you have to be happy with yourself and with the situation and with, you have to wake up in the morning and say like, oh, damn, this is going to be a good day. And I'm really looking forward to do my job. So that's, okay. that's what I would call success. So and that's 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 how you how you have it as well, right? Yeah, especially when I mean, you're shooting products. <laughs> 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 but that's like that's part uh, of the game. You know? It's um, there there is no job where you don't have like a, a little downside. Yeah, exactly. And if if there is only high side, you don't cherish them anymore. You'd like okay, this is daily business so you don't really enjoy it anymore so you need those boring days yeah. as well to to be to to appreciate the high times yeah yeah i think exactly. <laughs> i mean it's there are certain things that i don't like about it as well like I've, i got to the point that i don't know probably like i, I wish i could travel right now but uh, I, i don't because i don't shoot anything in the czech republic at all like yeah. uh, shoot I shoot one one thing over the whole year which is MotoGP but it's it's just like it's just it's not because it's in the Czech Republic and I'm based in Czech Republic but I would shoot it if it was anywhere else anyway yeah and so the, the only thing that I don't like it's I, I, I did or probably like uh, 90 flight 90 flights last year and I'm really yeah. like getting to the point like I just don't, I love traveling, but not, uh, like not being at the airport and in the plane. And it's just, it's just really annoying. And, mm -hmm. but, but people would say like, yeah, but you travel or whatever. It's like, but I don't, I don't, I don't take it all the time. Like about that I travel somewhere to, to have fun. It's just like that you travel yeah. thousands of kilometers to get, to get to work. Like people drive every day. So yeah. it's, 
It always has it must like be pretty... some annoying part. Yeah. But one, because you said you're not traveling now because of the Corona. Um, now you kind of know that you, maybe next time when you're allowed to travel and you're in the airport and you're like, yeah, almost exactly. say like, oh, this is so, oh, I'm so over it. But next time when you go to the airport, you will like, oh, yeah. what, three hours delay? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> at least yeah. I can travel again. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna be, I'm gonna enjoy it much more, uh, like, at least, but I really, I, I like to travel, but it's just, especially if you come from one event and next day you need to fly somewhere else or whatever, yeah. just like repack and that's, that's, uh, that's not always nice, but, but otherwise I enjoy it. If, if did not, I, I would not need to do it, but even though sometimes uh, you need to, it's the same as with the product photography you do or whatever. It, sometimes there is an event that if I didn't need to go, I would probably not go, but yeah. it's just like, of, like because of the consistency that I need to keep the clients happy or whatever. So, so I go there, yeah. even if it's not the best time for me. Uh, but that's probably maybe like 5% of, of the things that I do. So uh, yeah. you probably won't, won't find any job that you, you would enjoy 100% all, all the time what you do. So, uh, it's always a, some sacrifice that you need to do. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That, that was like, ah. the, there's always some need to sacrifice something always to, to enjoy it afterwards a little bit. More. Yeah. Is there any advice that you would give to anyone and like who's about to probably like begin in the sports photography from what do you have ex what do you have experienced? What was the like most important for you? If you could I think most important I would say is patience. Just be patient. I, I remember when I was starting um or trying to sell images um like that I've shot from Snowwaters. And I've sent emails to all the magazines and nobody, nobody really answered me. Like I got no answer on pretty much all the emails because nobody knew me and nobody knew my writers. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I thought I need to do something. Um, yeah, that, that, that can't be the end. So I put all my images that I've sent on email, put it on a CD, made like a cover, like an art cover and send it again to the magazines. So the art director had something on his desk where he saw that somebody was taking some time to prepare something and then people are more like, then they really, they said, oh yeah, this guy, he, he took some time for it and I'm gonna have a look at it and I'm gonna write him back an email. And then at least I had like a conversation and uh, people started to, to buy the images. Um, so patience, especially when you're not known or when you, yeah, be creative and be patient. That's a good yeah. advice. I, like, I guess like even now you can experience it. Like if you approach someone, like when I, when I went for some meetings and uh, had like printed portfolio that I would even mm -hmm. give to them and they have at least something in their hands and not just, and, and then you sit in there and in front of you, they would go through it because like it would be stupid just to, <laughs> to yeah. be, so like uh, it, it works quite well. I mean, yeah. and 
it's easier to like it's hard to throw something in the trash box than just not answering an email you know yeah, exactly yeah so that's that's what i did now after after dakar i like printed some book this year but it was not really yeah. uh i i sold like really a few but it was more about to get it to, to some of the right people and uh exactly and even like it was for yeah. the first first time in Saudi Arabia and like the the minister of sport ordered three of the books to, to have it. And yeah. I send it I send it to the organizers of the car and I send it to like few people and like everyone really was like super happy about it and uh, it did not take so much effort, like extra effort to do it. It cost a little yeah. bit of money obviously but uh, it's a part of the game. So, but that's you will always be remembered for that you know that was the guy who came yeah. up with the books you know and, if you, and <laughs> if you get if you get stuck in somebody's head that's that, that's the best part no. just yeah yeah and you don't uh, get stuck say with an email no uh so how right <laughs> <laughs> how, how bad there was someone was asking before like he wrote me in a message how badly did the situation with the virus affect your work uh totally <clears throat> I'm, i was in lockdown or still are kind of and um like i had a pretty big project coming up in in berlin mm -hmm. um with uh an austrian guy <laughs> okay <a> Mexican guy. <laughs> and um yeah, he was not allowed to travel. All the the production team that would come come from England were not allowed to travel into Germany. Um, yeah, like it w they said it's going to be postponed, but you never know how long. Like I heard something that Austria will open border in like four weeks or something. So maybe I can still get together with the athlete. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, of course, it affected my, my life pretty much. But on the other hand, um, the schools are closed as well. And somebody has to take care of the kids in the morning when they are back home and somebody has to teach them. So that's a good, like if you ask me um, if I regret that I studied becoming a teacher. So <laughs> <laughs> at least it was good for something so I can teach the kids back home. Uh -huh. And uh, right now we have, uh, I also have the, their cousins, like two girls. So we have four kids in the morning, do two <laughs> hours of school <laughs> and then cook afterwards and then play. And so it's a pretty uh, full day, okay. Not, no shooting at all right now. I, what I did, it's pretty fun. I did like a, a home project in, in a swimming pool because we have like a small swimming pool outside. And um, I'm stuck in lockdown with a snowboarder. And he uh, and we thought about okay, let's let's try something. So we we went with the snowboard into the pool and did some some funny stuff there. <laughs> okay. And yeah, it, it came out pretty fun, pretty nice. But um, that's how you improve back home. And I, I, what I really enjoy as well is. Um, you really take the situation is for everybody for for all the people it's the same pretty much like we're all yeah. like locked in more or less um 
so it's a little the time is going a little bit slower it's not so hectic anymore and that's what and i really enjoy to to take my time with the kids as well and yeah that's that's the the positive thing that you can get out of that and yeah we just hope that you're gonna travel again soon and um, that everybody stays healthy and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it of course it's difficult and yeah, just I mean, for me, it's the it's the worst combination of shooting events uh, like international events because I can't travel and the events are either postponed or or cancelled anyway. Yeah. And no one really knows what's gonna what's gonna happen. So and yeah, so but but at least it it gives me some time to to do different stuff like like this or I, I try to. Now, the problem is, like, what I experienced right now, because at the beginning, I I literally, like, I, I never worked in Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, I have some clients in here, but all, like, on, like, international basis anyway. And yeah. and even, peop even people know me in here. I, I, I experienced it now that they would not approach me for shoots because... They think it would be too expensive, or I would not do it, or anything like it's just yeah. uh, because I don't have the relationship like since the beginning. Like I, I've never, as I said, I've never, I, I was never shooting in here, so it's it's now time to yeah. try to restructure a bit as well. And, and this, so. Just uh, refilling. <laughs> <laughs> One sec. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's pretty much what um, what you said is uh, what happened to me after the loom. Um, that people uh, really liked the the way I shot, but they were scared that the price would be way too high for them, so they never really asked. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's not the case. <laughs> If it's a cool project, <laughs> yeah. I'm like up for it. And if the idea is good, I would do it. And yeah. if I have the time for it, but yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, I always, I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I always ask people what, what, uh, what photography, uh, has given to them and on the other end, what it has taken from them, if you if you should yeah. like talk about it, like yeah. So what if you think about it? Is there anything that or like what if you sum it up? What photography has given to you, and what if there is anything that it has taken from you? I think it gave me. Um, like it's pretty much my dream come true that I can do what I like most and get paid for it. Mm -hmm. That's what it has given me. And so I thought about, you asked me the question, you sent some um, in the email before, and you, I was thinking about what it took from me. And um, I thought about maybe sometimes my passion for it, you know, that you're, when, when your hobby gets a job, 
it's it's not a hobby anymore. It's like you get paid for it, and uh, you cannot really, um, yeah. Pushing a, a camera button is is like the job. It's not the hobby. So maybe a little bit of the, you know, just going for a walk, taking the camera, and just like don't think about any spots or anything like the total free way of of shooting images. I think that's what it took a little bit, but um, like on a scale from zero to 100, maybe three or two, <laughs> so it's, it's fine. Do you, still, do you still have your cameras in your hands? If you don't like shoot for work, like do you, do you shoot like the kids a lot or like whenever you go out or something or, or not really? I shoot them like pretty much all the time with the phone mm -hmm. because that's the camera I always have with me. And um, like it's, the kids are so fast, you know, you have to react so quick and the situation is like really, well, take out your camera. And yeah, the, the, there is something true about it. The best camera is always the one that you have with you. Yeah. And normally I just, um, I'm I'm not like a camera guy. I don't walk around with my my Canon camera around my neck when I go through a city. It's really more the phone that mm -hmm. when I see something and the phones got really good um, over the last year. So you can still shoot pretty cool pictures with the phone. And yeah. if it's really worth it, I come back and take the normal. Camera. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I got I got to like. Right now, I, I would be glad to shoot anything more or less, and 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 I say sometimes shoot something that I would normally not do. But otherwise, like when I get back home, that's that's the time when I try to to rest a bit and mm -hmm. and enjoy the moment, not to having the camera in the hand. So, what was yeah. um what was helping me a lot was to shoot uh, with large format camera. You know those old old cameras yeah. where you put the the dark now the like a clothing over your head yeah. and, you look yeah, yeah. and the, the image on the this or on the glass is is upside down and you have to load the film in in complete darkness and then you go out and you know you only have like maybe four images that you can take because mm -hmm. you know you slide in like a like the cassette where the film is on you slide it into the camera and then you have one side and then you have the other, and if you have two cassettes, you have four images. And um, doing that was a little bit like a, I described it, it's a little bit like fly fishing. I don't fish at all, but I guess it's like this. You just, you're standing there in the nature and just go like, and it doesn't really <laughs> matter if you, if you catch something, it's just like being there and doing something with photography in my case, but, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, if you get like a really perfect image or not, it doesn't really matter. It's more building up the camera and looking through that ground glass at the back and try to get everything in focus with that old stuff. And it's more, that's what I, um, it's more like a, ah, it's not a joke, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And it's, it's really relaxing for your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess if uh, I'm not sure if there there were any any other questions because I get the people were just there was so many times it was reconnecting that <laughs> might have disappeared. <laughs> but 
that. So if anyone if anyone has any questions, you can post it now because I guess um, uh, otherwise we just got we just got to the end. At least my questions. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> bye bye. MCH Photography Podcast.